voice. The slovenly man at the table glanced contemptuously in her direction. His belly was full, though he had grumbled with every mouthful that porridge was no dish to serve a grown man, and he had just decided to do a little fishing. The metal door of the hold was vigorously pushed in, and before the cotholder could get to his feet the room was full of determined men, short swords prominently at their belts. Uttering little shrieks of dismay, the woman flattened herself in the corner of the inner wall, oblivious to the clatter of pans and cups that spilled from the hanging cabinet. "'Felic, you're out,' Lord Gedanese said in a cold, harsh voice. He stood, fists on his belt, his dark leather riding cloak fanned by his arms, making him appear much larger than life. "'Out? Out, Lord Gedanese?' Felic stammered, staggering to his feet. "'I was just going out, Lord, to fish for our evening mihu,' his voice changed to a plaintive whine. "'For we've naught to eat but boiled grains.' "'Your hunger no longer concerns me,' Lord Gedanese replied, swiveling to examine the filthy room with its rickety furnishings. His nostrils flared briefly in disgust at the musty smell of accumulated damp and dirt. Four times you have failed to tithe, despite generous help from my steward to replace your moldy sea grain, your broken, misused tools, and even a draft animal when yours developed foot rot. Now, out! Gather your belongings and get out! Felic was stunned. Out? Out? The woman's voice quavered. Out! Lord Gedanese stepped aside and gestured sternly toward the door. You have exactly one half hour in which to gather your possessions. The Lord Holder's eyebrows twitched with scorn as he glanced about the sordid dwelling. And leave. But, but, where will we go? The woman cried despairingly, but she was already gathering up pots and pans. Wherever you wish, the Lord Holder said. Turning on one heel, he strode out of the place, kicking aside a pot lid. He motioned to the steward to oversee the eviction, mounted his runner beast, and rode off. But we have always been beholding to Limahus, Felix said, sniveling and twisting his face into a piteous expression. Every hold supports itself and ties to the Lord Older, the steward said impassively, folding his arms. Yours doesn't. Twenty-five minutes left. Sobbing loudly, the woman dropped her apron load of pots and covered her ears to block out the implacable verdict. Felic cuffed her, snarling in bitter rage. Get the pack sack, you stupid pig. Go roll up the bedding. Get moving. The eviction was accomplished on time, and Felic and his woman were driven, staggering under their burdens, down the narrow track, away from their cothold. Felic turned back once before the bend hid his former home from sight. He saw the wagon then, drawn up near his empty beast hold, saw a woman holding a babe, an older child beside her on the seat, saw the neatly packed belongings, the sturdy burden beasts yoked to the trace, the milk animal tied to the wagon gate, and he cursed fluidly and fiercely as he pushed the stumbling woman before him. Under his breath, he vowed vengeance on Lord Gedanese and on all at Limos Hold for his humiliation. They would be sorry. They would. He would make every man jack of them sorry. Fax's lightning campaign has been successful. He has made himself Lord Holder of High Reaches, Crom, Nebol, 
Keel, Balin, Riverbend, and Ruatha, having gained possession by dint of marriage or murder or the ferocity of his marauders. Tillich, Fort, and Ball have called in every able-bodied man, armed them, and drilled them in defensive skills. Beacon fires have been placed on hilltops, and fleet-mounted messengers recruited to bring word of any incursion into their borders. But news of those calamitous events has seeped slowly to the more isolated holdings. Dowell always knew when visitors were on their way up the wagon track to his mountain hold. Shod hooves echoed as noisy clatters from the next valley down. "'A messenger comes, Barla,' he called to his wife as he laid down the plane with which he had been smoothing a fine piece of fellas wood, destined to be part of a ladder-back chair he was making for Lord Kale at Ruatha Hold. He frowned as his ears told him that more than one rider was on the...